Welcome to Spin It, where the worst of times can become the best of times. I'm your host, Stephanie Malik, an award-winning crisis management expert and business consulting strategist. Along with my team of experts at S. Malik Enterprises, I have worked with thousands of high-wealth individuals and businesses over the last 25 years to create customized approaches for crisis management and business consulting to ensure they take their careers, relationships, and companies to the next level. On Spin It, we pursue purpose and passion, aspiring to uncover the true story behind every guest's successes and failures, removing the mistake behind what it takes to be truly successful from those that have actually done it. I'm chatting with executives and entrepreneurs all over the globe to understand how they turned obstacles into opportunities to grow not only themselves, but their businesses. I want to impact and inspire you and as many people as possible, not by blurting out the same old motivational phrases, but with the truth and authenticity behind real success, along with the roadmaps and methodologies it takes to get there. Whether it was a scandal, a broken business model, or simply navigating the noise, we want you to learn from our mistakes. It's all in how you spin it. Welcome to this very special episode of Spin It. This is the first episode of our Spin It on Sports series where we talk to the best and the brightest in the sports world. From great athletes breaking barriers to legendary sports agents with years of experience to share, this series will explore how sports have shaped all of their lives. We will still hear how they turned obstacles into opportunities, just with a bit of a sports twist. Today, I'll be speaking to the young woman defying all stereotypes and showing us that talent is talent, no matter your gender. Brooklyn Harker is a 16-year-old female football player at Chapel Hill High School. She's a free safety and a wide receiver for the Tigers. In 2018, the number of girls participating in tackle football was the highest it's ever been, and that number just continues to rise. So now, Brooklyn gets to be a role model for anyone looking to defy their own stereotypes. After speaking with Brooklyn, I know she's destined for greatness with her grit, tenacity, and heart. Today, Brooklyn shows us how there's no longer these hard lines between girls and boys in sports. It's all about how well you can play and the attitude you bring to the field. Welcome, Brooklyn, to the show. Thank you so much for spending your weekend with us. We really appreciate it. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Great, great. So I'm going to get right into this. We have such amazingly interested audience right now who have written in uh, to the show about you after they saw your story in Yahoo News. So I just want to kind of go through your early years. Talk to me about where you grew up and how you got to North Carolina. I was born in Phoenix, Arizona, and I live in Texas for a few years. And I think that's where I kind of started playing football. And then we moved here, actually. And then we were in West Virginia, and now we're back. So I kind of, a big chunk of my life has been in Texas, sadly. <laughs> well, that's amazing. So so I know that you had an autoimmune disorder, and I know you were diagnosed pretty young. Can we talk about that for a little bit? Because I know that there's been so many people that are struggling with health, um, especially we've had a couple of guests on that have had just torturous like asthma where they've had to move um, states um, or even countries because of humidity or because of really horrible climate. And so if you can talk to us a little bit about your autoimmune disorder, when it came about, and then what happened in your life with it, that would be really helpful. So I know that I I was very young. I was, yeah, I was a newborn and um, I grew out of it around like three years old. But um, 
Yeah, I had severe chronic neutropenia. And it was, uh, I almost died twice. I remember, yeah, I had to get two ear uh, ear tube surgeries because of it. And um, I, for some reason, was so stubborn. Like, I did not like things, like, attached to me. So, like, the IVs and stuff, I would, like, I did not like them. (laughs) Yes. Well, I don't really know very many people that love the IV system. So I can totally understand that. So tell me about the disorder. What what did it affect? What was it? It affects your white blood cells. Basically, it's like they attack each other and like you don't have any like any protection in there. It's so like if you get sick, it's like very dangerous because you don't have anything fighting it. Wow. That's amazing. So your mom was probably pretty nervous about having you around any sort of germs or like any sort of like social environment because you can get that get so sick so quickly. Yeah, I was also the same kid that licked the floor mall. So Oh, that's, that's, that's fun. Okay. Well, yeah, that's good. it was fantastic. Yeah. That's amazing. I, 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 that's, that's good. I had a, um, I had one that licked, um, the handrail on a cruise ship all the way down. And I was like, yeah, that's going to be super gross. So, and you, what, how old are you when you started playing sports? So like I, I started playing soccer. I started with soccer and, uh, my parents coached my soccer teams for a while. We were undefeated, uh, and then what third grade was like the earliest year I could start playing flag football. I kept asking, I guess I was like, can I play? I really want to play football. And they were like, and then finally through the church, uh, I was able to play for upward. I played there as much as I could, like as many seasons as I could. And then we moved here for, I played for I-9. And that was whenever my parents coached, or my dad coached a football team that I was on. And uh, I had a girl on my team, like along with me. So that was really cool. Okay. Wow. So that's interesting. And so again, like I said, my youngest plays soccer. And so when there's a girl that shows up on his team, everybody's super happy and very, very supportive. But we also too kind of go, gosh, that's very weird that she's playing on this soccer team with no siblings or kind of know anything else that she's chosen. The more, as you said, physicality and the more aggressive type sport. So I think that that's absolutely amazing that your parents were so great in supporting you. How was it when you were, because third grade, I mean, I think you're eight yeah. So you're eight into seventh grade. Middle school is not easy, Brooklyn. It's it's not easy. What was happening for you socially? Um, I would say like socially wise, I, I had a, a good group of friends. I had a best friend from the beginning of sixth grade. So I was like, I kind of like knew everyone. I was very, very outgoing. But there were also some like personal insecurities. I was outgoing and I was myself, but like I was uncomfortable with myself, I guess you'd say. And I feel like the pandemic has helped me a lot, like grow out of that and like be myself and like come out of that shell and like work on myself more. So I'm a lot less insecure than I used to be. I would say I have a lot more confidence. That makes me feel really good that, that you know, that we, we, we grapple so much with some positive things that come out of the pandemic and the fact that you were able to kind of just take a pause and work on yourself and create some you know, stability and and really grow your insecurities into securities and being able to use them for impactful reasons. So walk me through the pandemic because you had a a little bit of time off. Tell me how you positioned playing football in high school with your mom. Freshman year was supposed to be my final year of playing because it was like just out of middle school, playing with people, other people just out of middle school and JV. But in West Virginia, when I was, uh, I was in West Virginia from eighth grade to middle of sophomore year. 
And so soccer, there wasn't a soccer team in middle school. So football was fine in middle school. But once I got to high school, girls soccer and football were in the same season. So there were a, there was a three-week period where there would be like just practices. It wasn't like tryouts and it wasn't like actual like, it wasn't like the actual season. It was just like a, like a three-week period to like kind of like transition into it, I guess. So I would go straight from soccer to football like every day for the three weeks. And then I ended up picking football over soccer that year. And then I actually ended up quitting football for soccer. But yeah, so I was playing soccer the next year. So sophomore year, I was just playing soccer. Uh, and then when we moved here, I was like, I'm fine. I'm actually able to play both. So that's whenever the convincing started. Okay, let's go. Let's talk about this. Okay, let's talk about the convincing. Dr. Harker, I, I really want to talk about you as a mom and what you were thinking. And obviously, I know that it's probably not going to be, it's not going to be Brooklyn's favorite thing in the entire world. But I mean, from a mom standpoint, and she's getting ready to go play with all of these boys in high school. She's new on top of all of that. And she, I mean, let's just call it what it is. She's super fearless. And she's going to go out and she's going to play football with all of these boys. How are you feeling? You know, there's a lot. Uh, there's just so much that goes into parenting, right? As you well know. And, and I think that we are constantly having to make decisions where we're weighing the risk and the benefit. And each of our kids are so different, right? So that decision would be completely different from one kid to the other. Having had three kids, I would make completely different decisions for each three of them in this situation. For Brooklyn, the benefit very much outweighs the risk because it's just who she is. It's just, it's just in her. And, you know, I can't take that out of her. <laughs> Well, and that's and that's the thing. She was going to find a way like it could have been with help and with support and with love and with guidance. But if this would have been stifled, she would have just gone and done this somewhere else. Like it's it was in her. You know what I'm saying? She has taught me so much about shared power when it comes to parenting. She's taught me so much. And in the end, I think that you are right. She is very determined. My mom used to call her misdetermined. So, and she is, um, misdetermination. That's what she used to call her. And she is, and it's a lot harder to fight that than it is to support that. So I think that, you know, with any teenager, you've got to know that adventure and taking risks is part of the experience of being a teenager and growing up and becoming an adult. So helping them to navigate that in the safest way that we can is really our duty. So, it, and which is, I know there's going to be listeners of yours that are going to look like, she's crazy. Why is she saying the safest way? And she's letting her play football. I know that sounds crazy, but if you knew my daughter, <laughs> you would know that if she's going to do it, I want her doing it under the best case scenario with the most support that she can have so that she doesn't have all the heaviness of, you know, some sort of drama and negativity surrounding her in something that she is doing um, that she's so passionate about. That being said, she gets really, really mad at me because the more time she spends on the sideline, the calmer I can be at the game and the more enjoyable it is for me. <laughs> right? She's always like, oh, I'm so glad you didn't play. 
And she gets oh, I so love mad at me. She's like, mom, seriously, like, how could you possibly say something like that to me? Like, it's horrible to be on the sideline. I want to be in the game. And, you know, and I know that's what she wants. And, you know, just watching her when she when she's on that field and when she's running off the field from a big play or something, just there's just no other joy that she experiences than that. Like she gets out there and makes a hard tackle or something like she absolutely loves it. She gets so pumped up and it's so fun to watch, but it's also so scary. So there's a lot that goes into this. There's so much that goes into the decision and it's, and it's not a one-time decision. I mean, this is an everyday battle for me as her mother, but You know, I also think of, you know, she's learning how to drive and I'm going to have to let her take the car and go one day by herself. And that terrifies me as much, if not more, than watching her run out on that football field. My daughter's listening to this whole entire thing right now, Brooklyn, and she's like totally rolling her eyes because she's 26 and I still go, call me when you get there. Call me when you're leaving. It doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. But I knew there was more to the story because I'm telling you, I mean, my oldest son, who's giant, I mean, six foot four. And when he would play lacrosse, I remember the very first time he played competitive, like really competitive, like on the highest level. His first play out, some kid grabbed a stick intentionally and stuck it through his helmet and like lifted him off the ground and on his back. And I swear to you, my husband jumped on top of me. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> he's like, you can't say anything. You can't do anything. And I was like, <laughs> and my, I was, it was horrible. It was absolutely awful. And I cried later on in the car and then I screamed at him later on. <laughs> so, I mean, it was, it's a thing. And so be gentle yeah. to your mom because <laughs> she wants you to do all of these amazing things. But at the end of the day, honey, you're still her baby. <laughs> Brooklyn's like, great mom. Did you set that up too? (laughs) Okay. So, so Brooklyn, let's keep going. Okay. Okay. When's enough for you? When are you done? I'm never done. (laughs) So you're going to play in college. I'm hoping so. I'm, I'm working towards that. Fencing or my mom. My mom. Your mom just passed out. (laughs) Yeah, she she basically did. I think it would be really cool. Fencing and soccer are also two other sports that I'm very passionate about. And so, like, Notre Dame has a good fencing program. And actually, there's um, an Olympian. uh, Her name's Lee Kiefer. I think she won gold, uh, the gold medal in women's foil and women's individual foil in the Olympics. So I look up to her a lot. She went to Notre Dame. So. Gosh, that's incredible. Okay, so let me talk about your dad really quick because we've we've talked about your mom a little bit and I know where she stands. So are they different in how they support you? In some ways, yes. My dad doesn't. Well, I wouldn't say. I would say my dad actually yells the most. My mom just gets super stressed out. And I kind of like, I worry for her sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like scared. Am I going to like do something? And she's just going to like pass out in the stands. Like I, that's, I, I worry about it sometimes. But uh, there was a game. It was against Carborough High. I started that game, uh, which is actually the day that mom, my mom posted that tweet. So like that was the day that everything kind of exploded, I guess. But uh, there were, they ran a screenplay. So like the receiver like, took a step and then went back. He was still behind the line of scrimmage. And so I saw it and I was running for it because he had the ball. And then a lineman came out of nowhere and like blindside hit me. But like, it didn't hurt or anything. Like I was completely fine. I just got right back up. I thought it was funny because he actually asked me, he was like, are you okay? I was like, yeah. But, did you get uh, up and kick him as hard as you could? Yeah, I did. No, uh, I actually didn't say anything to him. I just like kind of looked at him and just got up. I was like, yeah, I'm fine. Like, 
But I do remember my parents were not happy about that. My dad will yell. Like, there's a video when I had an interception against East. I got hit out of bounds, which was, a like, a late hit penalty. And, like, in the video, my dad started, like, cussing. And I was like, you got to... Let's not do that. <laughs> yeah. My kids try and yeah. have me the furthest away from any of their sporting activities. And I'm like, I'm not the big yeller your dad is. And they're like, yeah, but you're embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my mom um, actually tries to keep him calm. She's like, you can't yell. She's like, you got to stop. Yeah, I've given that up. What would you tell others, other young women that are really wanting to do something that may not be popular or that could possibly ruffle some feathers because maybe it's a, a boy going on a girl team or a girl going on a boy team, whatever it happens to be, it doesn't really matter. But they're 13, 14, 15 years old. What advice would you give to them about going and doing this? I would say if you want to do something, you should go for it and not hesitate. Like no matter what people say or what the norms are. Like last night, um, one of my teammates, his name is Josh Campos, his little sister, she's really young. She came up to me and was like, hi. And she was like, I want to play football. And like, kind of like walked away nervously, but like was still looking at me, like waiting for my response. And I was like, you totally should. I was like, it's so much fun. And she said that she plays baseball. Yeah, it was was really cute. That's awesome, Brooklyn. Are you liking, are you liking, even if you're mentoring from afar, okay, because there's a lot of people that can't like, you know, see you and, and talk to you, but are you liking the attention of being able to be a voice and mentor from afar? Yeah, I like, I'm hoping that this has a, a positive impact on other uh, women and young young girls that want to that wanna play. It was a girl that DM'd me and she was basically saying that I'm like a, I'm a role model for her because she plays for her school. And she said, she was like, but you're on varsity and I'm on JV. And I was like, that doesn't matter. I was like, you're still doing great things. And I was like, keep your head up and keep working. Like, like you're, you're doing good things. So that was really cool. She actually sent me a picture the other day of her in her uniform with a couple like cheerleaders. And I was like, you look so good. Like you're doing so good. Like, I'm so proud of you. (laughs) It was really cool. That's awesome. So it does really build you up. It does really impact you when others reach out to you and say, hey, thank you for inspiring me, which I think is just incredible. You have a younger sister? Yes. How do you inspire her? I would hope that I inspire her to like, like push past any hate she gets because she knows all the hate comments of like under those posts and stuff. And so I'm hoping that I can be a role model on how to like deal with those, I guess, in a way that's not like, oh my gosh, maybe these comments are right. Like moving forward, like past the comments and just to like keep your head up and like push through. So when I look at these comments or I look at these things that you're saying, like as far as hate comments, I know that you say right now, I know you go, no, Steph, really, I'm, I'm actually good. It just causes me to work harder. Do you read these comments and do you have any sort of feeling at all in your heart? Does it hurt you? Does it anger you? Does it frustrate you? Do you feel sorry for them? Because I know that you also said that you're heavily Christian. And so a lot of times when you grow up with that belief so deep in your foundation that you don't, it really doesn't bother you because you're just like, hey, they don't really know what they're doing. And, you know, I'm actually good with where I am. Where are you deeply in your heart about when you see these horrible mean comments that people don't even know you or how supportive your family is? I just feel like there's no need to, like, be be rude, I guess you could say. But, like, I also know that there's going to be comments and stuff like that. So, like, I kind of I was already prepared 
for them because like I knew like it was coming especially just going into the season because I didn't think anything like that would happen I just went into the season I was like there are going to be things said about me people are going to target me so I just need to be prepared for that and I need to think about how I'm gonna move forward and like think about how I'm gonna get out of those situations the the maturity level that you have at 16 (laughs) years old your parents should be so so proud of you what position do you play Uh, I'm a wide receiver and a free safety, and I also do a little bit of kicking. Okay, so I want to read you a quote from your coach. Brooklyn is a football player. Chapel Hill Isaac Marsh said, like I've said a thousand times, she also just happens to be a girl. She knows the game, and she's executing at her positions. And then when you are asked um, where you play, you say anywhere that they put me as my favorite position. You have to have a favorite position. <laughs> what is it? Um, I used to play linebacker, and my mom hates it. She hates that I'm about to say this, but I would say that linebacker has probably been one of my favorite positions that I've ever played because you get, like, the most action. You know what I mean? And, like, safety safety's a lot of fun. You know, it's, like, it's a very important position, but you don't get as much, like, physical contact, I guess, as the line and the um, linebackers get. You're just such an amazing young woman. Okay, I have some funny rapid fire questions. Okay, are you ready for this? Yes, I'm ready. Okay, favorite subject in school? Chemistry. Uh, biggest fight you've ever had with your mom in the last year? Probably if I could get coffee before school. Okay. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, best trip you've ever been on? Best trip I've ever been. Uh, probably the Houston one. What is one thing that you could do today, right now, to improve your position on the football team? Run routes. Run routes. Okay. <laughs> Stuff um, something like that. Favorite, favorite color? Uh, orange. Best food? Sushi. Love it. Dream vacation? Somewhere in France. Best, or I'm sorry, your most favorite poet? Um, one that like I kind of grew up with was Shel Silverstein. Great. Last question. What's the biggest obstacle that you've been able to turn into an opportunity in your life thus far? Being a female, I would say. Wow. Okay. <laughs> That's amazing. Thank you so much, Brooklyn, for being with us. I really appreciate your time. And thank you so much to your parents who were able to arrange this for us. Thank you so much for having me. It was awesome. Thanks for listening to Spin It. If you enjoyed listening, don't forget to hit the subscribe button to be notified when a new episode is released. The best way to support the show is to leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. And if you want to hear more from me, hop over to Instagram and follow me at Stephanie Malik. That's Stephanie with a Y, S-T-E-P-H-Y-N-I-E Malik, M-A-L-I-K, or visit my website at stephaniemalik.com.